Our Old Testament reading today comes from Genesis, chapter 37, verses 3 through 11. Listen for the word of God. Now Israel loved Joseph more than any other of his children, because he was a son of his old age, and he had made him a long robe with sleeves. But when his brothers saw that their father loved him more than all his brothers, they hated him and could not speak peaceably to him. Once Joseph had a dream, and when he told it to his brothers, they hated them even more. He said to them, listen to this dream that I dreamed. There were binding sheaves in the field. Suddenly my sheaf rose and stood upright. Then your sheaves gathered around it and bowed down to my sheaf. His brother said to him, are you indeed to reign over us? Are you indeed to have dominion over us? So they hated him even more because of his dreams and his words. He had another dream, and it, he told it to his brothers, saying, Look, I have had another dream. The sun, the moon, and the eleven stars were bowing down to me. But when he told it to his father and to his brothers, his father rebuked him and said to him, What kind of dream is this that you have had? Shall we indeed come? I and your mother and your brothers and bow down, to, uh, bow down to the ground before you? So his brothers were jealous of him, but his father kept the matter in mind. The word of the Lord. We give thanks to God. So, I'm back. <laughs> I'm really happy to be here. And, um, and as I told you last week, the greatest thing that you can say to an itinerant preacher is, come back. So thank you. I, um, we're talking about fish out of water this morning and using Joseph as an example. But as we talk, or as I talk, you listen, Think about other fish out of water that you might know. So have you been someplace where you thought you were supposed to be and wondered, what am I doing here? Could be a social function, could be your job, might be a church. Someplace where you thought you were supposed to be, but it just didn't feel right, you didn't fit. You might have felt either completely invisible or entirely too visible. No one paid any attention to you, or everybody was looking at you and wondering who let you in. So if you've had that kind of experience, you might be a fish out of water. A fish out of water is someone who doesn't fit in the environment because of who they are or how they are. They may be just a little too odd for the situation or they may belong to a group that's just not welcome in this place. So fish out of water are the people who are on the edges of the bell curve. They're either too smart or too dumb or too fast or too slow or too fat or too tall or too short or too large or too small. Fish out of water are the funny talkers and the different thinkers. They get targeted because of the way they dress because of the way they talk, because of the way they think, because of the way they relate to people. 
Fish out of water can be extremely attractive or very unattractive. They can be in the wrong size pond or be the wrong species for the pond that they're in, or they may just be one of a few of their kind. And so you look around the room, you look around your community, visionaries without social skills are fish out of water. Paradigm shifters, and I've met a couple of you here, without patience are fish out of water. Truth tellers who can't keep their mouths shut are fish out of water. Prophets are fish out of water. The new Christians who received letters from Paul were fish out of water. And being a fish out of water has been one of the patterns in my life, realizing that no matter how warm the welcome, sometimes I just don't fit. Even when the people tell me, oh yeah, you're one of us, you belong, I just wait because I've come to know that many times I'm just not quite what they expected and, and, and sometimes often what they don't want. So it's been that way since I was a child. I'm an artist from a family of thinkers and data gatherers. I didn't do things the way they did and they had proof that I was wrong. My mother was an extrovert who just didn't get her introverted daughter. She called me antisocial. She called me contrary. She said I was a nonconformist. She thought that I was different on purpose just to make her life difficult. As a result of those early experiences of being chastised for being who I am, I just stopped trying to fit in. I learned to thrive on the margins, which is why I don't have a real job and I'm a consultant. See, when you try to fit in where you don't fit, you feel uncomfortable and inauthentic because you know that you're not swimming in the right pond. You're suffocating because the mask that you have to wear is just too tight. We know when we belong because it feels right. We're affirmed by the other people who are around us and our internal radar tells us it's right. It's family, it's home, it's community. Now I do believe that there is a pond for every fish, yet it's unreasonable to expect that you're going to fit everywhere you go. Every fish will not fit in every pond. And unfortunately, people who are different get targeted they become the victims of microaggressions. They get bullied, they get pushed to the margins, they get pushed out of their ponds, or they wither and they die from trying to swim in toxic waters. Some people are fish out of water sometimes. Some people are fish out of water everywhere they go because they're just too different from the dominant group, whoever, whatever that dominant group is. So this morning, we're going to talk about a fish out of water that we found in scripture, whom you've met before. Joseph, son of Jacob, also called Israel, the great grandfather of Moses. Now Jacob had 12 sons and one daughter that anyone cared to write about. Remember the red tent, Dina? That was Jacob's daughter. The sons were the leaders of what became known as the 12 tribes of Israel. And the 12 sons came from two wives and two handmaidens. 
Joseph was the son of Rachel, who was the favorite wife, but she was wife number two, because remember the father said that it's a package deal, you gotta take the older sister first. So you may remember him from Sunday school, or you may have seen the stage musical, Joseph's Amazing Technicolor Dreamcoat, which we heard a song sung so beautifully this morning. Same Joseph, same story. Because he was the son of the favorite wife, and because Jacob was older, much older when he had him, he was, the, Joseph was the favorite son, number 11. And as the youngest, one of the youngest, and the favorite, Joseph was very spoiled. Now, the father's blessing, which included his property, usually went to the oldest son. But in Jacob's case, it appeared that all that belonged to him would not go to the oldest, Judah, but to the youngest, Joseph. So the brothers were not happy about this at all. It was against tradition, and it was definitely against their interest. Joseph was young, and he was pretty, and he was annoying, and he was also very different. He had visions. He was always telling his brothers about themselves and their futures, but apparently he didn't see what was coming for him. One day, Jacob, the father, gave Joseph a beautiful multicolored coat. This was the last straw for the brothers. It was both an insult and a threat. Joseph didn't do much work, and he got rewarded for it. So some of the brothers said, well, let's just kill him, and they meant it. And the other said, no, nah, we don't have to kill him. We'll just sell him to whoever goes by on the trader's road, and we'll tell our father that he's dead. So they killed a sheep, they dipped the blood, they, they put some of the blood from the sheep onto the coat of many colors, and they took it to Joseph as proof that the favorite son was gone. They thought that this was going to make life easier for them, but it didn't. Jacob went into deep mourning, and Joseph went to Egypt. Now Joseph was a fish out of water in his family, and he was pushed out of his family as a result. He wasn't dead, but he might as well have been, and I'm sure that some of you can relate to that. Well, Joseph was a fish out of water everywhere he went. His status as a fish out of water was a permanent status. It didn't change even when the environment changed. In Egypt, he was raised in the home of a high officer, and ultimately, he became the overseer of the officer's property. He was a beautiful child and he grew into a handsome man, which was fine until he became the subject of some sexual harassment by the officer's wife, his surrogate mother. She said, if you don't sleep with me, I'm gonna tell my husband you did anyway. So he stayed true to his values and said no and was punished for it, which is another important lesson that taking the high road is not always rewarded. So in prison, Joseph continued to be harassed. He was harassed until the other prisoners found out that he could foretell the future. He had amazing dreams, and he could interpret the dreams of others, which is what he did. So over time, some of the prisoners were released, and they ended up working for the Pharaoh. And Pharaoh had some disturbing dreams and wanted someone to interpret them. So they called on Joseph. 
Joseph interprets the dreams of the Pharaoh, and he's ultimately reunited with his brothers. And his father, Jacob, gets to see his favorite son before Jacob dies. So Joseph did receive a wonderful blessing from his father and the property, but he shared it. He shared it with all of his brothers. So he shared it, and the family moved from where they were. They moved to Egypt, and they multiplied. And from this family grew the group of Israelites that Moses ultimately led out of Egypt to the Promised Land. So you can read more about that story in the books of Exodus, or you can just wait till Easter, and you'll hear about it then. So... As a young fish out of water, Joseph was bullied. And as an adult fish out of water, he found power by moving to the margins. Because you see, on the margins, on the edges of the pond, lived the crazies and the exotics and the truth tellers and the outliers and the paradigm shifters and the visionaries. And that's also where the change agents live not in the middle of the pond guarding the status quo, but on the edges where you can see into the center, but you can also see out past the horizon. Joseph got pushed to the margins, and then he realized that he had something that those in power wanted. He also made some powerful friends who proved to be his allies. So as an ally to a fish out of water, whether that person is a child or an adult, or somebody under your supervision, there are a number of things that you can do. You can figure out what are the codes here? What are the rules of this particular environment? What are the unwritten rules? What are the house rules? And what are the things that I need to share to help the fish out of water adapt here? How many times have you had someone come into the church and you say, oh great, somebody to sit in that pew that's been empty for the last three months, and they don't come back? Now, this is a fairly warm and friendly, encouraging church. But there are a lot of churches, and I'm sure that there's some, sometimes there are things that go on here that people just don't know about, and they don't know about it because you've done, everybody knows you've done it all the time, you've been doing it for years, but you forget that there are new folks here who might not know. So you can help your peers, you can help your visitors, you can help people in your environment understand that, see, this diversity thing is really easy. It's really great to bring folks in. It's the inclusion part that's difficult. Being inclusive means you teach the house rules. You teach the way we do things here so that eventually you have a shared body of universal codes. It's not us and them or the new people and the old people. It's like we're all sharing the same rules. We're all living by the same codes. It's the difference between welcoming someone into your home as a guest and welcoming, welcoming them into your home as a new family member. See, if you know they're going to leave, you can put up with some stuff. But the stakes go up. If they're going to be here, it's incumbent upon you to let them know what's important to you as well as find out what's important to them. And as you get ready to bring in an interim pastor and then ultimately a permanent pastor, it's really important for you all to be clear about what's important to you here. 
what are the codes of this church, this church on the corner in Laguna Beach that, you, that are important to you, that you need to share so these new folks coming in don't start changing stuff and change the things that are most important to you. They're gonna change something. So you know, be willing, to be ready to give up something, but know what's most important so you can let them know and share those codes. As an ally to fish out of water, you can point out rules that are marginalizing people, even if they're good rules, useful rules, rules that have served you well in the past. If they're no longer serving everyone who's present, it's time to change them. In churches, churches are filled with rules, and there are lots of rules about when you stand up and when you sit down and when you kneel, and there are rules about shaking hands and hugging people that you may not even know. There, and these are rules that marginalize the disabled, and they marginalize the introverts, and they marginalize people who prefer to just talk to strangers before touching them. So whatever environment you're in, if you can see that the rules aren't working for everyone, you can speak to those in power. You might be one of those in power. You can speak up about unnecessary rules, about marginalizing rules, about unwritten rules. You can speak against the insensitive perpetrators. You can redirect the unintentional perpetrators, and you can remove those who do intentional harm. You can speak for the voiceless and the invisible. Fish out of water are all around us. They may have learned to adapt well so that we don't recognize them, but it doesn't mean that they're necessarily comfortable among us because not many people are comfortable if they feel that they are unseen and unheard. All fish out of water need allies. And some need to change the environment that they're in. Some need help finding a pond that fits. Others are just fine in all their differentness. They just want to be accepted and left alone. And I know you know some of them too. Bottom line is there's a pond for everyone, but every pond is not for every fish. So I ask you to think about the ponds that you swim in. Are you aware of all the fish that are there? Are they the right ones for that particular environment? Is the environment that you have helped to create the right ones for the fish that are there? Is there a fish who can use some of your attention as an ally? Do you need help adjusting or changing or leaving your pond? I invite you to look carefully and to look differently God has made us in so many different shapes and colors and sizes and perspectives and points of view. You wonder, what was God thinking, making us all so different? But it's a challenge and an invitation to make sure that the pond that you're responsible for is one that is welcoming, one that is inclusive, and one where you can see the folks who need to receive the help that you have to offer, or you can see the folks who are there to give you the help that you might need. 